Hi, I'm Ian Whitaker, City Analyst and host of the JCDCo Digital Changemakers podcast. The podcast that showcases industry research and insights to inspire senior marketers to push the boundaries on their marketing strategies and become change agents in the organization. Hewitt Packard co-founder David Packard once said, marketing is too important to be left to the marketing department. HP championed the importance of marketing for the entire business because marketing represents the customer and ultimately the customer is the end goal for business. Therefore, directors and board members need to be familiar with the central concepts of strategic marketing if they value the customer as the ultimate stakeholder in the business process. Today, we're discussing the tactics marketers can use to challenge the oversimplified rhetoric that marketing can be done by anyone and prove the value of marketing and advertising for the business, especially helpful when budgets are under pressure in today's economy. Today's expert guest is Maya Fenton, CMO at Superscript, a marketer all too familiar with the boardroom. Maya has been named CMO to watch, revenue marketing one to watch, and a top 30 most influential fintech marketeers. Maya's background, working for many years alongside CFOs and finance directors in operational roles, brings us back to conversations around speaking the language of the CFO and ensuring that marketeers are able to prove the value of advertising as an investment into the long-term health of your business. Let's put the topic to task in today's episode. My pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on uh, and for taking the time. It's absolutely great. Thanks so much for having me, Ian. No, uh, not at all. Why don't we start off, just for, just for the, the benefit of you as at home, mm-hmm. as it were, uh, sort of, of your background, sort of, of the angle where you've come from, sort of, and some of the things that you've done in your career. Yeah, well, Ian, I, uh, I've been in, I've been a marketer for nearly twenty-five years now. Mm-hmm. So, I guess if I was to summarise my two decades in mm-hmm. marketing in terms of my career in one word, it would probably be diversified. Mm-hmm. Um, I've managed my career to to develop quite a diversified background in terms of sectors, in terms of marketing discipline, and it sounds a little bit like I'm talking about asset management, but. It does, to to me, it does feel like portfolio management, to to, to be honest. Um, You know, in the way that you kind of, you you diversify your portfolio to not be, Mm -hmm. uh, to to rely on a particular asset, to to manage your risk, your reward, and volatility, etc. So, um, I, I did the same. Uh, with my career, I started in consumer packaged goods. I moved mm-hmm. into bricks and mortar retail and e-commerce and uh, digital marketplaces, mm-hmm. even fashion. Oh, wow. <laughs> and now uh, technology startups and scale-ups. Um, but I've also diversified in terms of the the, the marketing disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from and, and that you know that has helped me as well. I think in my career because. Um, do you know, there was a, I don't remember, there was a time where it was all about brand marketing and yeah. big advertising. And that's when I was in mm-hmm. CPGs and, and retail. And then it became all about performance marketing mm. and digital marketing. And I actually made the move into digital startups and, mm. and scale-ups as well. And then, and now actually with a, uh, you know, digital media inflation and the deprecation of third-party cookies, it's mm-hmm. people are realizing the, the value of brand again. Yeah. And the two of them combined, you know, mm-hmm. brand and, and performance. And, you know, it, it's great because through my career, I've developed an expertise in both in a mm-hmm. way. And it could have many more disciplines within, you know, from uh, you know, PR to CRM to, to, to um, you know, digital media mm-hmm. and Google ads, etc. So, yeah. so yeah, d- diversification and... Um, I don't know if you read the book Range from David Epstein. Yes. All, yeah. Um, so w- w- where he, he uses stories and research studies to demonstrate that 
range is as important as as early specialisations. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see myself as I've ad- adopted more of a Roger Federer path, right. I guess, where <laughs> you know he he kind of. Uh, he, he dabbed into all sorts of sports before he focused on tennis as opposed to a Tiger Woods who, mm. whose dad was uh, training him to play golf from the age yeah. of two. I was more, more of a Roger Federer and I've dabbed into a lot of things. I sampled you know, various specialisms and, um, and I grew my career, my career that mm. way. Um, I, I definitely think it served me well and in, in today's environments, which is mm-hmm. quite complex as well, having that breadth and you know, depth of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, is helping me, you know, at the leadership table, uh, dealing with uh, colleagues across, you know, various areas of business, and it's a bit like combining vertical and lateral thinking, you know, to, mm-hmm. to really enhance your your creativities and, and helping me think outside the box. And then the second aspect yeah. of your question was around the, the kind of senior leadership experience, mm-hmm. and uh, I realised I spent over half of my career as the most senior marketer either within the division mm-hmm. of, a, of, of a group or, or within the company. And what's been great is that that's allowed me to, to, to spend a lot of time at the leadership mm-hmm. table mm-hmm. Um, and uh, have all these strategic conversations with, with lead the leaders across finance and sales, you know, MDs and CFOs and CEOs and, and so on. And, and there again, I really think that my, my diverse experience uh, and, and the range I've developed mm-hmm. has helped me having really constructive uh, conversations at that level. I mean, that is sort of uh, quite an impressive sort of of background, as you say, range of experiences that you've had. I mean, I have to admit, I'm sort of more in your camp, sort of, of, I do a mixture of things. I sort of finance, I come from a history background, Mm -hmm. sort of, of, sort of mentioned before, sort of, I'm doing a a master's in war studies. it is true. You can learn so many different concepts and then bring them into Absolutely, different aspects yeah. of, of the role. I guess in your time that you spent in sort of uh, marketing as a whole in those different sort of areas, what have you learned about where marketing fits into the overall business uh, and for companies? Because yeah, this is yeah. a topic that comes up yeah. time and time again. And yeah, there are various sort of debates. Yeah. We obviously <laughs> will have our views and, the, and so forth. But but how have you have you found that? Well, let me start first with that quote that you used in your introduction, which mm-hmm. I actually really like that quote from the co-founder of HP. Uh, marketing is too important to be left to the marketing department. Mm-hmm. And it does sound quite provocative, undermining for a marketer if you take it as face value. But I, I absolutely agree with it. I think, you know, marketing is everyone's business, you know, mm-hmm. within the company. When a company has established its purpose and is really clear about what it exists, I think you absolutely need to get everyone in the business engaged mm-hmm. um, at every touch point because everyone has something to do with, with, with the brand or how the brand mm-hmm. is projected. And it's not just the marketing team or the customer facing teams like sales or customer success. It's, um, you know, it's your product team, right? Because mm-hmm. you can only market a product that is strong enough or differentiated. It's the tech team that uh, 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 support the, the build and the f- flawless um, experience. It's even the even the finance team, right? accounts payable, accounts receivable, how they deal with clients and mm-hmm. suppliers. And it's in fact every single employee who might be talking about what it's like to working at your company, mm-hmm. because ultimately, um, the, what pe- what people think about your brand is. Mm-hmm. Is, is your of your company is make, makes your brands or influence your your brand. So I, I think this this is why I think that quote is really really important. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. You know, everyone, every employee uh, has a role to play um, mm-hmm. 
from a marketing standpoint. That said, <laughs> yeah. there are you know certain aspects of marketing that I think should be left to the marketing department. You know, mm -hmm. once you've got the, uh, the the purpose built and when everybody around the business is aligned, you know, that marketing does play a big part in building that brand and activating it. So um, certain disciplines of marketing have to be left to the marketing department because they require either a creative expertise, you know, creative advertising development, or data or tech expertise. Um, better utilizing you know the ad platforms or the tech stack that you need for mm -hmm. for acquisition and retention etc it's quite specialist yeah um, and uh you know this is where you need certain talent within the marketing team to 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 deliver that but uh uh yeah that would be my first point and um in terms of the overall business strategy why i see my role as very important is championing the customer mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, I always make sure that a customer has a seat at the leadership table. Yeah. Uh, I need to come I need, I need to come to leadership discussions with a customer insights that mm -hmm. informs the right decision-making. Uh, and, and sometimes we can be blinded by numbers, right? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. We think that what works on a spreadsheet is going to work in the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, 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 you know, Everybody around the leadership tables needs to see things through a customer lens, and it's really the role of the CMO to make sure that this is constantly happening. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, also balancing the, the long term and, and the short term. Yeah, uh, you know, if you if you're the CFO and you've got some targets to meet, or you look at things from a quarterly basis, some decisions can be made that have a positive impact in the short term, but mm -hmm. can be damaging in the long term, right, for the brand and the business. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think again, this is this is where marketing also so fits at the at the board um, and leadership table. And it, it is quite interesting because you know, there's a quote. I mean, there's a famous quote when it comes to the the sort of. The, the war sort of, of angle, which is say that war is too important to be left to the generals. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems like it's a similar sort of, of similar sort of analogy here with what you've just said mm -hmm. in terms of, of the David Packard quote. Yeah. And also as well in terms of the marketing department, that essentially there is, there's the overall policy mm -hmm. sort of of the firm where it wants to get to sort of what it wants to do and, uh, and so forth. But when it really comes down to the technical details, Boards really shouldn't be yeah. getting involved in that. That's really sort of the role of the marketing department. But at the same time, the two sides really need to be aligned on, on knowing what exactly is the overall policy mm -hmm. and how they can actually get that, which is the role of the marketing yeah, yeah. marketing department to come in. Yeah. I mean, one of the themes that we've talked about a lot on this podcast is, yeah, in the podcast series, is about the whole idea of advertising as intangible capex. And... Yeah, this is something that, that originally actually started off, sort of view was how to explain advertising mm -hmm. as a concept to boards so they could understand it. But increasingly, sort of, uh, my view is that actually it's not just a communication method to boards, it's actually really should be part of their strategic thinking, that this mm -hmm. is more of a sort of, of, from a board level, really need to see sort of advertising as really investment mm -hmm. that drives the long-term future of the firm. I just wonder sort of in your experiences, first of all, your views on that anyway, mm -hmm. and in terms of the analogy, and, and mm -hmm. you may have different views sort of on it as well. Yeah. And also as well, whether during your experience, whether you've actually seen that come through in terms of what boards actually do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so first part of your question, yeah. I really really love that uh analogy mm -hmm. you know uh and you know it's a bit of a shame that uh brand advertising mm -hmm. is not considered as a 
as capex, uh, considering the long-term effects that it has, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's a it's an issue of you know accounting practices that I, I don't think we'll <laughs> we'll be yeah. able to resolve very quickly. But it's certainly something that I agree with. That I spend quite a lot of time sort of educating mm-hmm. uh, you know my uh, CFO and the leadership team about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really lucky in my current role to be in a uh, role to be in a position where there's really good understanding and buying mm-hmm. into this um, through different sort of um, ways of uh, data modeling and, and assessments, you know, mm-hmm. not, not NPV as such, which yeah. it would be amazing if we could come with a formula uh, to, yeah. to, 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 uh, to demonstrate the, 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 the true impact over the long term of, mm-hmm. of brand advertising. Um, but, but, you know, we, we find other ways to assess um, mm-hmm. uh, through you know, various methods of testing and modeling. Uh, the impact of brand advertising in the long term. So, unfortunately, uh, you know, on the balance sheet, it's not quite you know what what it, what it yeah. should be. Uh, also, you know, I do encounter the issues more in kind of the short term PNL level. You know, mm. the capital expenditure uh, exposure of brand advertising, which uh, is a bit tricky, right? It, it would be accounted for in the month that it's occurred, even if the the, the impacts can be years, right? Yeah, uh, cumulative years. Yeah. Uh, Afterwards, but so it, <laughs> this is really unfortunate that from a, a, a PNL perspective, it's it's um, it's not showcasing it well. But you need to do the work around, you know, in terms of educating uh, 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 the business so that they don't take this sort of numbers that are just pure pure face face value. It, uh, and it is true about. I mean, we had sort of we had this on a similar uh, topic about the, around the accounting treatment with Sam mm-hmm. Tomlinson, the PwC, and this is exactly yeah, the yeah. yeah this. And I know from an analyst standpoint, sort of having seen companies, you know, companies under so much shareholder pressure and short term shareholder pressure to really deliver on numbers. Yeah. And unfortunately, marketing is a very sort of easy way yeah. to try and meet your bottom line numbers. And uh, absolutely, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's really tricky. So when you're, I'm about to, to have a big um, sort of advertising campaign going out our financial year ends 30th of June. Yeah. This is really, from a <laughs> timing perspective, is not going to look good, right, mm-hmm. on, on, on this year's mm-hmm. or this, this month's P&L. But, um, you know, that's why all these other conversations around absolutely need to happen. And interestingly, with my CFO, we have spoken about the concept of you know net present value as mm-hmm. well of, of, of um, yeah. uh, advertising investments so that's why I really love the this um, well, yeah this concept that you're sort of yeah. really really pushing because it resonates a lot with with, with me mm-hmm. yes you can do uh, other forms of ROI assessment for direct response media mm-hmm. like performance media fine you know we, we, we actually report a lot on you know, Measures like payback, ROI, uh, or ROAS uh, mm-hmm. for performance media. I'm not comfortable doing this for brand yeah. <laughs> at all. Uh, no, I don't, I'd agree. I mean, my view has always been that essentially what you should have is you should have two forms, almost as well you have two valuation metrics. Mm-hmm. I think for direct response, mm-hmm. ROI, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally does make sense. But for something such as brand advertising, which has really built up the long-term value mm-hmm. of, yeah. of the firm, Oh, is a terrible metric. You know, as an analyst, <laughs> yeah, for, for value and long-term value yeah. of a firm, you would just never use it, or very, very rarely, just because mm-hmm. it, it's got so many shortcomings mm-hmm. when it comes to that that long-term value. But I, but I suspect this is very much, as you say, going to be an education yeah. process. Yeah. I, I want to come back, I mean, sort of want to talk in a moment just about the, the sort of, of one of your points where you talked about communication 
to the sort of CFO and explaining the the concepts. Because I think for many people who listen to this podcast, that will be an important topic. But I just want to come back to to before that, sort of one or two other things. And I think one is what you just said about sort of the inputs mm-hmm. that go into models. Because, yeah, again, this is something that people sort of are, I would say, 90% plus of people. When they take, the, the, take a model, mm-hmm. what they instinctively look to is the outputs. And essentially sort of of always say, well, actually, the key thing that needs to you look at and focus on are the inputs mm-hmm. and the assumptions that are made. In how do you, in your role, sort of try and maximize sort of of making sure that those inputs are as good as possible? And uh, I'll give you, you know, mm-hmm. one thing to say on here. I mean, my, as like I said, my background is I was an equities analyst. You would get a company with the same sort of, of historic numbers, give the same sort of guidance and you would yet you would get 20 to 25 different set of estimates from different analysts Mm -hmm. depending on their point of view and what it really came down to is people looking at the assumptions that each person had made and that's really where they're focused on so i'm just interested in your experience when you do that and any sort of suggestions you have for people out there yeah, it is. It is difficult. It's very challenging. And also I work for a challenger brand as well, mm-hmm. we, but because we haven't been around a huge amount of time, you know, there's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like we've got a lot of of history and historical mm-hmm. data. So obviously, we look at sort of peer as well mm-hmm. assessment. If I if I think about. Um, NPV, for example, mm-hmm. you know, what is a discount rate? What, what would yeah. be a good input, right? Is it is it similar challenge brand of a similar size? Where, where, where do you find them? Is it is it about where else that investment could be going and what return mm-hmm. would you expect? And so I think there's a, it's, it's more of a, of a conversation, but we're a small team as well. Yeah. Know, so we won't have like a, a huge number of equity analysts yeah. to put forward their assumptions. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a good conversation to have uh, with you know, a data team. We've got amazing data scientists as mm-hmm. well uh, at the Superscript, um, which build amazing models and, and with a finance team utilizing. Uh, I don't mind looking at sort of public data as well mm-hmm. and experimental research or economic econometric models from, you know, other businesses mm-hmm. to, to give me a bit of of guidance in um, in making the right assumptions, but it, it is it is a mix really. I don't think I don't think I've really cracked the right <laughs> the right formula. Yeah. Uh, but as much sort of data and insight uh, as possible, um, and not just purely based on your own uh, data and looking around um, at peers as well would be uh, yeah would be my my. My, my recommendation, really. And it's quite funny from the financial markets, mm-hmm. sort of, of coming at from that angle. And, the, you know, this is a market where obviously people are making literally billion-dollar, you know, multi-billion-dollar bets. You know, the overall view is valuation is mm-hmm. an art, not a science. But mm-hmm. essentially, it is not so much. There, there is no, as we're, empirical formula mm-hmm. that means that this is, you know, X is amount, X equals Y, mm-hmm. sort of on here. What it's really about is coming to a set of assumptions and conclusions that are rational, logical, can be defended, mm-hmm. sort of, a, a, and make sense. And also, as well, I think constantly tweaking over time. You this said is so the much other, better than I did. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But this yeah. is the, the this mm-hmm. is the other thing as well yeah. that, uh, that uh, essentially that I think there's a the, the, there's an assumption that, as it were that the the, the the sort of the models are set in stone, mm-hmm. where actually what they require is sort of constant updating. Yeah. And constant going back and, and looking at things. 
I think the other thing that's quite interesting at the sort of uh, that you have at the moment as well, if look from the outside in the advertising world, and again, be very interested in your sort of your thoughts and experiences of this, is it, it seems very much the advertising world is caught in this sort of, of what is called the, the quantification fallacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or actually sort of, again, go back to the war analogy, the McManar fallacy after a, a former defense secretary in the US. Yeah, this whole idea that what happens is that people only see what they can measure mm-hmm. as important and anything that can't be measured essentially is viewed as not important, therefore not to be looked at. Mm-hmm. And that the numbers set the, as it were, the numbers become a, a sort of proxy yeah. for the overall strategy. Is that something you see in sort of a lot of in marketing today? or? Yeah, I mean, it was, but it really reminds me of the, you know, the, the days that everything went digital, performance mm-hmm. media, and I think it's because it was measurable and attributable, attributable and measurable. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, you know, you had all of your, you know, CFOs, leadership people wanting to just focus on that. There's companies that completely relied on performance media mm-hmm. really to, to grow to to an extent. Obviously, this mm-hmm. have its limitations. Um, and, and I think it's because of that. It's because we've we've got the data. You know, yeah. We can attribute it. We can measure it. It's much more difficult to measure other forms of uh, media performance, such as you know, out of home, for example. Although, mm-hmm. you know, it's more digital now. It's more programmatic. So that's mm-hmm. really changing. Um so yeah, I think again, this is what this is my my role is as a CMO is yeah. to is to guard us against that that data fallacy. Mm-hmm. We every business you know needs some some data to to, to report back to investors, and mm-hmm. there's always nat- naturally a tendency to, mm-hmm. to 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 rely a bit too much on that. So you know, as a CMO, I need to I need to make sure that uh, everyone's got a, a good broad view of the business, understands. Um, mm-hmm. The data, um, and if if I talk about if I talk about marketing channel performance, obviously understands how channel performance is measured, but also how they work together. Yep. There's always always a tendency from board people to look at channels in silos, and there's always like certain people have a certain preference for a yeah. channel, and um, so so I need to make sure they understand it, it does not work like that. And we actually um, conducted a very good piece of research with mm-hmm. JC Deco, a control versus expose uh, research that was looking at the performance of out-of-home mm-hmm. exposure versus uh, social advertising exposure and the two combined versus mm-hmm. nothing. And it's 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 it's, it's amazing you need to, to see that the, the power of combining your public public screen out-of-home, mm-hmm. your private screen, uh, screen social uh, media mobile advertising mm-hmm. really enhanced our, uh, you know, whether it's brand health measures, brand perceptions, but also um, intent measures, mm-hmm. like uh, action, action by two, three X. Um, and that's something that yeah. p- often people don't understand. They would read your Google Ads report. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the CBC, this is T- CTR, this is the conversion, this is, this is, this is it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think removing those channel silos uh, again is. Um, I've, I've kind of moved on to another topic now. I can see. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel quite passionate about it. Yeah, no, no, it's totally great. I mean, they, they are becoming obsolete. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea that you have, as it were, analog, digital, yeah. uh, analog, and digital mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Yeah, outdoor is increasingly becoming digital. Publishing already majority is. TV is mm-hmm. moving in that direction. Yeah. You know, people are using programmatic. Sort of, of absolutely true. Let's go back to the topic in terms of, uh, of speaking the language of the CFO, mm. sort of, of which, sort of, it, it sounds as though 
sort of of you're extremely good at. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> trying to. Yeah. Be no, 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 no. For, mm. for the things, you, I mean, it sounds though in terms of the things. Yeah. Sort of, of with your CFO. Yeah, I think you need you need to have really good financial awareness. Mm-hmm. Like you, you cannot have a credible relationship with your CFO if you don't understand the fundamentals of uh, you know finance um, from a not just you know PNL cash flow state cash flow point of view, but also mm-hmm. a balance sheet point of view. You know, going back to the capex conversations yeah. and being able to use these analogies when you talk to your CFO is okay. You know, we know it's not a capital expenditure, but was it treated as a physical asset or mm-hmm. you know similar kind of mm-hmm. capital investment? This is the value that you would get from your brand advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, is 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 massively important it gives you that credibility and and also you know speaking their language you know what what would matter to my CFO is you know how are we creating shareholder value so yeah. I need to be able to demonstrate how marketing is driving revenue growth is you know how this particular activity will improve our operating margin or how I'm making more efficient use of that capital yeah. and that really really resonates and you know ultimately you, you mentioned valuation yeah. Uh, yeah, we are a VC backed business you know valuation mm-hmm. is really important for us mm-hmm. so beyond and, and because we are a digital service business it's not like we've got you know, lots of physical assets yeah. so what you know IP, technology, engineering talent, and the brand mm-hmm. become really important conversations, you know, in terms of uh, you know, what, what will, will guide our, our valuation, yeah. future valuations. And yeah. as you say, I mean, it, it, it's linking it in yeah. to those topics. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem sort of often. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. yeah that if, it's, if you don't have, as it were, the basics, mm-hmm the basic sort of, of financial angle and also as well knowing where what the priorities are yeah. of the managements and the shareholders that can make it a lot more difficult yeah but I think I think marketing's really evolved from from when I started from yeah. the brand comms department or colouring department which yeah. you know uh, to, to really being a, a, a revenue and profit generator I mean certainly uh, in my role that's the way mm-hmm. uh, this is why ma- the marketing department exists yeah. is to help the business grow and drive more revenue you know, and, and more profit as well it's not just about putting out some lovely posters and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and a lovely website you know all with a customer in mind and mm-hmm. with some really really strong um, financial awareness mm-hmm. and I do really feel like I have an obligation to demonstrate the value of every investment I make in marketing mm-hmm. and I, I use the word investment for a reason because I always avoid talking about marketing spend or marketing cost. If you, yes. if you it's, it's little things, but using the word cost or spend in a conversation with your CFO and your board is not really helping the cause, but always using investment because it is. It is. It could be a short-term investment in the case of mm-hmm. the performance media, or it could be a long-term investment. Yeah. And, and you know, funny enough, I think that by itself, mm-hmm. that talk about don't talk about marketing, mm-hmm. talk as an investment. Mm-hmm. That is an extremely good tip for anyone listening to this to take away. However, yeah. I'm going to ask you for another one. If there's one, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, it's terrible. Quiet, yeah. If there's another sort of, of, of good tip that you would give to people who are working in marketing today, whether at, a, at any level within yeah. the organization, what would you say? In fact, we've covered some of them. Mm. Um, so there's obviously the, the the customer always, always stay focused on on the customer and the mm-hmm. customer value creation. F- develop really good financial awareness. I kind of stress how mm-hmm. important that is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that is probably yeah as important as as customer focus. And you know, I, this is 
you need to ensure that the whole business is not just purely driven by data mm-hmm. and metrics. And this is why you as the marketer, you know, the, the, the brand guardian in the way, the customer champion, mm-hmm. uh, you need to make sure that you bring these two to the table and balance out the, the data, the numbers mm-hmm. um, with the rest and, and the bigger picture what's yeah. a better word <laughs> yeah no no, no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd agree with that yeah, yeah my that's been superb absolutely fantastic thanks so much for coming on really really appreciate it thanks for having it. me it's been no, a pleasure not, talking to you no not really at all it's too. been great yeah. no thanks so much my thank you so much for chatting with us today it was a pleasure as always if there's anything you'd like to ask us or hear more about you can find us on LinkedIn or check out the Digital Changemakers Hub We hope you enjoyed listening, and wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.